Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message. Amen. Uh, the topic this morning is the, the heart of a, a worshiper. Uh, what's interesting, I do want to start in the, uh, the version of what Sister Takeda started with, uh, the, the woman with the alabaster jar. It's, it's interesting, and I do appreciate the, the confirmation. Uh, from the Lord with that. Uh, she did such a good job on that. She thought she was going to put me out of business. I could have just <laughs> gave up my notes and uh, she could have went with it, right? Uh, <laughs> but just to give you the, the background on this, I'm going to read Mark's uh, version, but in uh, John, he gives an account too as, as well. And I like John's account because it, it is specific. It gives names. Uh, it actually lets you know that this woman uh, is Mary, and it's the, the same Mary that uh, uh, who Jesus rose her brother Lazarus from the dead. And if you look in the chronological order of it, Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead before this event occurred. So you can kind of understand uh, the amount of worship that she wanted to put forth in that, because it wasn't just some neighbor across the street or some distant family member. This was her brother who she loved. So that kind of gives the, the the context of it. Um, and, and you can understand that there's no, no price too high to pay for something like that, what Jesus did. So you can kind of see the, the worship that uh, came forth. And I'll start there in Mark uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 3. And it says, And being in, in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table. A woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil uh, of nard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head. But there were some who were indignant among them. And, and like I said, in John, John go ahead and go ahead and, and puts it out that it was uh, Judas that was actually complaining. And as we know, he was the thief, uh, probably upset that it was less money for him to steal. So <laughs> that was his, his complaint why, why she was uh, ministering to the Lord in, in such a way. Uh, and it says, but there were some who were indignant among them themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a good work for me. Saints, I just want to pause there and just tell you that it, it is a, a good work to worship the Lord. Despite what culture says, despite what laws change, despite what circumstance or situation, or despite what people say, that it is a good thing to worship the Lord. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may, I'm sorry, whenever you wish, you may do them good. But me, you do not have always. She was done, she has done what she said. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Surely I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told uh, as a memorial to her. So it's interesting that he even compares this act of worship to his burial, that even though they're going to be talking about the burial of, of, of Jesus Christ himself, they're still going to be talking about uh, that act as well. On this morning, I just I want to submit to you that there's power in worship. I'm going to say it again. There's power in worship. If you remember Hannah, uh, she was barren. 
and she prayed and she uh, got up the next morning and worshiped uh, the Lord with her family. And then they came back and her and her husband laid together. And the Bible says that God remembered her and he opened up her womb. So I just submit to you today, what through worship can God open up in your life? What through worship can he birth out of you? Just by simply praising, just by simply uh, living for him. I remember Paul and, and, and Silas, if you remember, they were uh, locked in jail and uh, they began to praise God and an earthquake uh, came about and, and shook the foundation and the, the doors opened and the chains fell off. And I just submit again to you, what, what through worship uh, can you, can you, can you, what, I'm sorry, what through, what through worship can, uh, you can free up yourself. You can free up people around you. And the Bible says that it was uh, at midnight when that occurred. And the natural midnight represents a new day, right? So what through worship can God through new, do new in you, right? He can change your outlook. He can change your situation. He can start you a, a new, uh, afresh, right? And that's just, just something about worship. I believe that, uh, that it moves God. And no matter whether it's good or bad, definitely when it's good, right? When, when your cup runneth over, right? When you get the job, right? That should be easy time to worship. But when things aren't working out for you, right? When you, when you don't get the phone call, when you, when you get denied, when you get the report and you still worship God, I just believe it, it sends a signal to him and he, he stands up and takes notice just like he did uh, with, with Mary with that, the jar of alabaster. Uh, when we think about worship and we want to uh, think about what it is and what it looks like, we can we can look at definitions and we can look at things. But I, I thought that we should think about what uh, Jesus says about worship, right? Because that's whom we worship, right? So it's important to see what what he thinks about that. Uh, in Matthew chapter fifteen, verse eight, uh, it says, "These people draw near to me with their mouth." and honor me with their lips, but their heart is from from me, and in vain they worship me. So what he's saying is that you, you can come to, to service and worship every every day, every Sunday, and if your heart is far from him, it's, it's worth not. It's in vain. That you should have just stayed home uh, in the bed. And when you think about it, you can't do really anything without your, your heart, right? If you were to try to go back to school um, haphazardly, there's no way that you could stay up at night and uh, do the studying and do the papers uh, if your heart wasn't in it, right? Or uh, what about a, a business? If you were trying to start a business, uh, you had to be passionate about it and what you're doing. It had to be a heart thing. If not, it, it probably wouldn't even get off, off the ground. You know, think about your, your job. Uh, I know a lot of you <laughs> may be working jobs that you, that you hate uh, and you kind of go through the motions and the, probably the main thing that's keeping you there is the paycheck, right? If they... If they stop that check uh, and you're not into it for, with your heart, you're going to make that phone call and say, nah, that's, <laughs> I'm not coming in today, right? <laughs> but it's got it's to be a heart thing, right? And it's the same thing uh, with Jesus. There's a quote that I want to show you, all right? It says, true worship is the acknowledgement of God and all his power in everything that we do, right? Acknowledgement of God in everything uh, that we do. Uh, throughout our, our lives, I know a lot of times when, when I go to work, uh, the teachers ask, what do you do over the weekend? And most of the time, I always refer them back uh, to something with my family. I say, well, we rode bikes, or we went to see a movie or something. 
And so they would tell me that they admire the way that I spend time with my family. So that glorifies God because that shows them that I'm a devoted husband, a devoted father. So any anything that we do uh, that sends it back to God, right? Our character, uh, our integrity, uh, the way we talk, the way we speak and carry ourselves, anything uh, that sends it back up to God is considered worship, right? Because that's what the world needs anyway. They need a, a reflection of what God is and who he is and his, his character and how he truly thinks and what uh, love represents through him, right? So let's turn to Exodus chapter 7, verse 16. Exodus chapter 7, verse 16. Again, I kind of just want to talk about first what uh, worship is to God and what he uh, was looking for and what he was trying to accomplish, right? In Exodus chapter 7, uh, verse 16, it says, let my people go so that they may serve me. Some versions may say uh, worship, right? Let my people go so that they may worship me. Turn over to chapter 8, verse 1 as well. Chapter 8, verse 1, you'll see it again. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Flip over to chapter 9, verse 1. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Go down to verse 13. You'll see it again. Let my people go so that they may worship me. Flip over to chapter 10, verse 3. Let my people go so that they may worship me. So I'm, I'm a numbers kind of person, and I, I see the amount of times that he uh, says this. So it's got to be important, right? And it's not just a uh, let my people go so that they can do whatever it is that they want to do. He says to let my people go so that they can worship me. He wanted to find a place so that they can, they can worship him, so that they could be free uh, to worship him. And uh, also in the New Testament, Jesus says, who the Son sets free is free indeed, right? So God is about freedom. He wants you to be free to worship him. So many times we, we see people, uh, they're actually, sometimes they're bound up where they, they can't worship. Their, their mind is on things, they're distracted, um, they're, they're facing uh, things such as alcoholism or drugs. And what I'm seeing now is that sometimes it's not even uh, the heavy stuff, the sins, it's the, it's the weights sometimes that people uh, carry, like fear or even finances. And the finances are on both sides of the spectrum. There, there are people, I've met people that are making six figures, uh, but they live paycheck to paycheck. They're bound up because they're bound up with pride. They don't want to go seek financial counseling. Uh, they don't want to seek the helps that the help that they need uh, to get out of the situation that they're in. So they're 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 not freed uh, uh, to do that. Um, when I when I thought about the the heart of a a worshiper, I, I wanted I was thinking more of what what the heart is, right? What looking at the heart. There's a scripture in Proverbs. I'm sorry. Let me go again. All right. Proverbs 4 and 3, and that's in the, the NIV. Uh, and it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. Right? So if if the heart is important uh, for worship, right? That's what God sees. That's what, what God reads. But it's interesting that it, it tells us uh, to guard our, our heart, right? 
So if, if we're worshiping God in spirit uh, and in truth, we have to worship in truth where we're not faking the phone, right? We're not pretending, but also in truth meaning being honest with God. Sometimes we have to tell God, okay, God, I'm, I'm hurting. Uh, uh, I'm in pain. I'm confused. Because on, on this walk, our heart is important, right? If we're wanting to be a worshiper, as he's called, a lot of times our heart is involved where we're, we're giving, uh, we're serving, we're doing things, uh, and sometimes our heart can be get involved and sometimes it gets hurt. But he says for us uh, to guard it, right? So what is, what is he saying when he's saying to guard it? Just like a... Um, uh, like a watchdog or uh, like the police, you want to guard it to, to keep it safe, right? Doesn't necessarily mean that you're not trusting, doesn't mean that you're not loving, uh, but you want to uh, beware and guard it because sometimes people can't take advantage of you because you are a Christian. And there are times that we've all faced that. We've seen um, people just, uh, they, they see you and they think automatically, well, I can get over or what have you. Right. Just we just being honest. I'm just going to it's on a few of us in here. I feel like we family. I'm just going to be honest today. Right. This, we've all seen that or at least uh, experienced that in some capacity. Uh, let's turn over to Exodus 18 for me. Exodus chapter 18. Uh, verse 15. And the word of God says, and, and Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another, and I make known the statutes of God and his laws. So Moses' father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself, right? So it might would seem as though this was a noble thing, because uh, what would happen, uh, they basically Moses, he was chosen by God, he was a leader, and the people would come up to him and he would settle disputes with them, right? Which it seems like it's, it's good, because he, he's helping people, he may be giving wisdom, he's giving guidance, uh, but his father-in-law, Jephro, says that it's, it's not good for you. Uh, it's, it's too much of a, of a work. So they uh, split the camp up and basically appointed elders to handle uh, different groups. And so that's how they, they set up uh, the government. But as I mentioned, Jethro says that it's, it's, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't good for him to handle all that. And I, I believe that there's a little bit uh, more to that as well. Because just from my experience and things that, I, that I've seen, because sometimes everybody that comes to ask for help doesn't really want help. Or, or in other words, they're, they're not ready to either receive what you have, um, and uh, that can cause friction as well, right? They can read uh, your heartstrings. I've seen times where uh, you've watched it, people, you could, it's almost like a train wreck. You can see it happening. You see it coming, right? This person may not have a job. They don't have any uh, means, and they bounce around, and then they hook up with, it may not necessarily be a girlfriend or boyfriend, but... Uh, maybe certain relationships, and you can see it happening. This person's going to take them for their money, and then they they do it, and, and they're gone. So they they've pulled on they're pulled on their, that person's heartstring because uh, maybe they something that that person could identify with, and they were willing to to fall into that. And I've it's been times to be honest with you, I, I've I've lost time, <laughs> I've lost money, I've lost sleep, uh, trying to 
do what I thought was the Christian thing. I've moved out, not under the unction of the Holy Ghost, uh, but because I just thought uh, that was the right thing to do. Uh, I've, people have, have come to ask for help, and I've taken the time out and sat, and they've just told me a bunch of lies. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you needed my help, and I thought that I, I, I thought that's why you call, but we're just here sucking and jiving. I'm going to bring a term from the 70s back. That's what we're doing in here. We, that's, that's just, a, way, that's just a, a, a waste of time. And I went through it so much, and I had to be honest. I, I even went to God about it, and I was like, what is happening? Why am I keep going around this mountain, and I'm trying to do your work. I'm trying to be in your will. I'm trying to be a, a good a, a good Christian. I'm trying to, to glorify you, but I keep getting hurt uh, for your name. And so he showed me a tightrope. I was walking on the tightrope because before you, when you, before you get saved, you can about say anything you want to say. You can cuss people out. <laughs> you can tell them stop lying, right? You can you can do all of that. And, and on the other side of it, you you want to do what's right. You want to st- st- step out there. But and you don't want to be taken advantage of. And so what I was doing was I was walking that, that tightrope. I was walking that tightrope. And God said, no, if, when you've done all you can do, to stand. And he said to stand on the word no. Because the, the Bible says that let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. You don't have to say I promise. You don't have to say, oh, I'm going to try to fit you in my schedule. You, you don't have to do none of that. And when I started standing on no, and I started telling coworkers no, I started telling family members no, just that word created more peace in in my heart by itself. And so that's what I had to start doing in order to get my peace back because because my heart was hurting from just the the ministry of it, Not, not the ministry's covenant, but just the ministry of being a Christian. My heart was hurting. And so God began to just deal with me because I asked, I said, God, you got to heal my heart because if I keep going like this, something's got to change. Something, something's got to change. It got to a place. I'm, be, I'm just gonna be honest and let it hang out there. It wasn't necessarily nothing personal with covenant, but I didn't even want to come to church because going to another church wasn't gonna fix it. So that wasn't the answer. So I had to say, God, you know what? You have got to come into my heart and show me what it is that I need to do, what I need to fix, who I need to cut out what to give, what not to give, who to go see, who not to go see, who to call, who not to call. I need your every step, your every guidance on me because I don't want it to feel the way that I'm feeling. Because if my heart keeps hurting, I don't, I'm not going to turn from you, but I'm going to turn to be out of, the, of your will. And that hurts. That hurts all the same because it's something that I, I never want to do. None of us do, but it's something that, that that's real. That's something that um, is is necessary. It's very necessary that a lot of times we don't we don't talk. And I don't mean to be sad and gloom, but I'm just just trying to just share my heart and just be honest with you, because it's, it's so many times it, it happens, and it, it was it was it was hard for me to move on with it. When you when you've tried to reach out, and you've tried to do something for somebody. And then uh, they overlook, they, they, they stomp on your heart. And then we turn around and talk about you and change the story. And it's like, no, why would I want to put my heart out on the line 
and step out here for you to, to take my money, jeopardize my family, my time. I'm getting older. My time is valuable. Come on, somebody. Somebody, my time is too valuable. And I, I, don't, I don't mean to be harsh. I don't mean to be, be mean. But I had to just cut those things off because I, I didn't want my heart to be damaged anymore. Glory be to God. Um, most of you know that um, I'm, I'm on the finance team here. I serve uh, on the finance team, and I've been doing that about, about maybe close to seven to eight years now. Um, and there was a time where um, we couldn't we couldn't actually hear the the, the message, and uh, Ma, uh, Deacon Max uh, he ran a, a speaker and a uh, a wire back there now, so now we can we can hear that. And the enemy used to kind of, before he did that, he used to kind of mess with me about that. You know, he was he would say, you know, you can't even hear the message, so why why are you even going to church? So he, even he began to to start uh, talking to me, doing with those things, and and I had to, to turn a deaf ear to him. But uh, it's just real. That's that's what would, would happen. And so um, coupled with that, coupled with just the the busyness of of work and just life and and everything. And one of the things God did for me was he began, he took me to uh, Mary and uh, Martha. It's over to uh, Luke uh, 10 and 38. Luke 10 and 38. And what he began to do is uh, he had me read, really read this and really meditate on it. I researched it um, and it's some, some characteristics in both of them that I want to go through uh, and hopefully that once we go through these, that it can kind of help you as far as uh, when you're in those situations, when you're in uh, times that where your heart uh, may be uh, pulling away from God. Not necessarily that you're in a, a backslidden state or um, running from the church or anything like that, but it's, it's important to, to keep our, our heart uh, right with God. And so we're going to go through uh, these two women here and kind of talk about some of the things that they did that can kind of help us uh, keep in, in line, right? So we're at Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 38. And the word of God says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his, his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And she got bold, right? And told Jesus what to do. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing in needed, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Right? So first, we're going to look at Martha, right? Since she was the one that was kind of turned away, right? Right? Busybody, right? The first thing was it says that she was distracted. I think the King James Version says uh, cumbered, right? Which is the same thing, which means uh, distracted. Uh, distraction is, is one of Satan's uh, weapons. It's, it's not, uh, yes, uh, it's not something necessarily that, that could make them win the battle, but it, it would uh, cause you to be off, to make you vulnerable uh, to other to other attacks. Sometimes we, we get distracted by 
uh, different work, uh, distracted by kids. We get, uh, sometimes we distract our own selves, right? By our thoughts in our mind, uh, by uh, too much TV. Um, and then sometimes we wonder, okay, well, why, why didn't we hear from God? But there's so, so much going on. You know, the, the Bible says in Samuel that it was in the quiet of the night when God called Samuel and he said, here I am. It was at, it was at night, it was quiet. So sometimes we, we do have to get quiet to be able to hear uh, the Lord's voice because he's not going to yell through uh, our earbuds or yell through everything that's, that's going on, right? He has that small, still voice that we have to always uh, be in tune to and be uh, listening out for, right? Uh, the next uh, trait of Martha was uh, discouragement, I said, through isolation, right? Because it says that um, she was she was out in the living room and she was and Martha was working right in her mind she was Mary was supposed to be with her right have you ever been to work uh, most time like a day after the holiday or something you walk in and you think where's everybody at oh man I should have stayed home right but then after a while it sets in like nobody's here to bother me so I can get my work done but your initial response is oh wait a minute um, I, why am I here. So sometimes when we're when we're doing things uh, out of order, out of God's plan, and we're working by ourselves unauthorized, and then we're upset, and then that's when discouragement comes in because we're by ourselves, right? If you remember the prophet Elijah, he was by himself when he wanted to commit suicide. So when we get alone, that's when that that enemy starts coming in. That's when he starts talking, and he starts uh, bothering like a little gnat, and just keeps buzzing buzzing in our ear. Uh, and we have to learn to, to turn those turn those things off, right? Um, it can happen uh, sometimes even at home. I know when if I'm cleaning up and I walk by my kids too many times and they're just sitting around, oh no, no, let's get up, let's do this. I start giving tasks because when you when you're doing something by yourself and you feel isolated, and so that discouragement comes, uh, it comes up on you quick, right? So that's the that's the second trait. Uh, of Martha, yeah, right. The last, the last trait of Martha, right, is doubt or disillusionment. Right, doubt or disillusionment. Right, because she says, "Well, Lord, don't you care?" So she's starting to doubt that he even he even cares for. Her, right, and there's been times uh, when you, especially if if your prayers aren't answered or if you you're hurting or if you you're confused. You're like, okay, well, Lord, don't you even care about me? Do, do, do you want it? Are you coming to see about me? I'm still waiting, God. I'm still hurting. I'm still looking for you, God. Where, where are you? Don't you even care about me? So that doubt and uh, disillusionment comes in, and doubt not necessarily is, is a sin. Remember, uh, Thomas doubted, right? But if it's if it's left un, unchecked, uh, then it becomes for unbelief, right? And unbelief, you can be in trouble with unbelief, right? Because you need belief. From beginning to end, right? You need belief even when um, to accept Jesus Christ. You have to believe that he is the son of God. So from the beginning of this walk, you've, you've got to have belief. But uh, when that doubt creeps in, uh, you don't want to let it fester and then become um, uh, become unbelief. Right? So those are three traits that I, I picked up on, on Martha through, through that time that uh, got me that I had pretty much all three of those. Pretty much all three of those, and so kind of in that order, if I remember correctly. Yeah, pretty much, 
right? Those, those are the characteristics that I fell myself in. I was a Martha. I was running around uh, doing, just doing the task um, and being, just being flat out honest with you. Uh, some Sundays were just like another work day to me. I would come in, um, do my accounting work, help apostle, and there was no, my heart was, was so far gone, I was just coming through them every Sunday. Woo. Come in, write my checks, do everything. And, and that's what God showed me when, when, he first started, uh, when he first started dealing me with, with this. And he called me out because I think, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but I was, I was talking with my kids and I was fussing basically because we was late for church. And uh, he said, well, you're not rushing to worship, you're rushing to work. I said, really, God? He said, yeah, you want to make sure all the checks are written. You want to make sure you got everything stacked up. You want to make sure this is what you hadn't even thought about to me this morning. You hadn't said good morning. You hadn't said thank you. And I got so convicted. I said, Lord, I, I, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. I got to keep my heart connected with you at all costs, no matter how busy I am, no matter what I do, no matter what my title is, no matter uh, who needs me. No matter who calls me, I gotta have to keep my connection with you. Praise God. Let's look at uh, Mary's trait, right? What kept her uh, in line? What kept her in her right spot, right? The first thing was a decision, right? At the end, it says that she has chosen the good part, right? So she had to make a choice, right? She could have went in and 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 helped Martha. Right, or she could have even left or did whatever, but she made a choice uh, to be next to, to next to Jesus. We have to make that that choice every day, several times a day. We have to choose to make Him first in our lives. It is a it is a choice. And it's unfortunately a lot of times I've made the wrong choice. I've chosen uh, the game, or I've chosen some show, or uh, I've chosen something other uh, than Him. But it is, it is a choice. She chose Jesus. She chose to, to keep him first. And you have to be intentional about it. right? You're going to have to have a purpose uh, to say, okay, well, Lord, you're going to be first. No matter, no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm doing, that I'm going to always keep you first in my life. The next trait of, of Mary's was distance. Right? It says that she was at the Lord's feet, right? That's what I call the living room intimacy, right? He was next, up close, next to Jesus. Ephesians 2 and 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So he's He's brought us near. He's brought us close to us through the blood, through his, his sacrificial lamb, through him dying on the cross. He brought us close to him. The times that when I didn't feel close. Honestly, it was the I was the one that moved. I was the one that made this decision. I was the one that put my Bible down. I was the one that, that didn't pray. I was the one that didn't listen. It didn't feed my spirit. I was the one that that moved and was looking for Him, and I had to move back uh, to get in position. Glory be to God. Let's look at the last trait. Need another D. So. <laughs> Descending order, right? We got we got to prioritize, right? That's what that's what she did. She, Jesus walked in, and when we have uh, Jesus at the door, and then we have uh, our work, our service. That's when she 
uh, made to, to decide what was first, right? Who, what was first, what should be done, and we've got to do the same thing. We've got to prioritize, right? The, the phone calls can wait. Um, the things that probably can wait. Everything's not an emergency. I've learned that too. Everything is not a, an emergency. You don't have to jump up and run and, and meet somebody and do some do something. You know, you, they can wait. I'll, I'll, I'll make somebody wait. Jesus did it when he when they called him to come get Lazarus. I started learning from him. What is he doing? Because <laughs> he sure didn't seem stressed. <laughs> I think it was two days later when he went. So... I, I've learned I've learned to prioritize in my life. What is what is first? My, my God, of course, and my family is, is is next. Right? I had to put things in in order. You know, as a school teacher, they will wear you out. They will wear you out. You would have to take work home. You have to make phone calls. You have to do all this stuff. And I had to, I had to prioritize. I had to say, okay, you know what? No, I'm going to make sure that that my kids have what they need. Uh, I'm going to start calling. Uh, parents doing the day. I started telling them, I'm gonna call you um, your mom on her job. Because you 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 interrupted my job, so I'm gonna interrupt her job. I'm not wasting my family's time calling your mama when you sitting here acting up. So I started prioritizing, changing things in, in my life, and it started uh, understanding what was important. I had to I had to get my heart uh back in line, back 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 right. Cause so much was going on and my heart was was pulling away. Because as a, as, a, as a worshiper, your heart is geared. You want to do. You want to fix. You want to help. That's what you want to do. When I first got saved, I did. Every, I, I ushered. I drove the church van. I cleaned the church. I, I still do all that stuff. Because that's, that's your desire. That's who, that's who I am. But sometimes we have to, we have to turn that down. And it becomes uh, busy work instead of work for the Lord sometimes. So we do have to uh, prioritize and make sure what's important in our lives so we can get, thing, get things in order. And just in closing, as I, as I wrap this up, um, when, I was, when God was first showing me this, this message uh, for, I think, a couple of weeks, I, w- I just kept hearing worship. I just kept hearing, okay, worship. And I, I said, okay, Lord, what are we doing with worship? Are we, are we going to worship? Or are we, what am I going to do? And he, he started giving me the message, and not to put uh, God in a box like Sister Michelle said, but I, start, I noticed before when he would give me messages, he would give it to me, uh, the message, with well, the title, and then the message, right? The message, you know, I don't know if, you, if that happened with you guys, but this time, he, he just kept saying worship, and then he gave me the message. And then when he gave me the title, and I said, okay, Lord, and then he said, I wanted you to see how much that one word heart meant the heart of a worshiper i wanted you to focus on the heart but that's that's what that's what need that's what needs to change that's what needs to to be put in in, in place that's what connects you with him so it's it's so important to make sure a worshiper keeps his, his heart right cuz you don't want it corroded and you don't want it polluted to to change from all the stuff that we deal with so we had to make sure that we we keep our our heart right. King King uh, David was a man after God's own heart, and that showed us how that that he stayed so connected even through all his mistakes and all his shortcomings. But because he had a heart that was after God, I believe that was key for him walking into 
his blessings, being able to die on the throne was his heart. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.